0: Hey everybody, welcome to Just for Variety. Today is July 7, 2022. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Tessa Thompson first gained attention for her work in the 2009 indie drama Mississippi Damned, followed by a year later for Tyler Perry's For Colored Girls. Her role as Bianca Taylor opposite Michael B. Jordan in Creed 1 and Creed 2 solidified her stardom. But it was her work as Valkyrie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that made her a household name. And now Thompson is back as King Valkyrie in Thor Love and Thunder. I caught up with Thompson a couple of weeks ago over Zoom the day after we also chatted at the world premiere of Love and Thunder in Hollywood. We talked about Valkyrie's queerness, her own queerness, and what it was like being directed by Michael B. Jordan in the upcoming Creed Three. But before we get to Thompson, let's go back to the Love and Thunder premiere. As you know by now, Natalie Portman returns as Jane Foster. However, the film sees her transform into the mighty Thor. Chris Hemsworth talked to me about what it was like seeing Portman in character and holding the hammer for the first time. Intimidating, yeah. A little stabbed to the ego, but I quickly got over it and I was in awe of everything she'd done. Hemsworth also revealed why he decided to show his naked butt in the movie. It was kinda... Ten years in the making, that scene. It was a a dream of mine, you know? The first time I played for, I took my shirt off, and I thought, you know, it's going to sweeten this. (laughs) A decade from now, it's all going to come off. Check out more of my red carpet coverage at Variety.com and Variety on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm talking to Thor Love and Thunder star Tessa Thompson. How are you, gorgeous?
1: I'm well, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm good. So fun seeing you last night. It was so lovely to see you. And now I've seen the movie.
1: Oh, oh right. You hadn't seen it last night.
0: I had, no. They Did never you? showed Wait. it. us. Was-
1: did you sit and watch it last night? Yes. Oh,
0: so much fun!
1: <laughs>
0: I know this sounds like hyperbole and cliche, but it's like action. It's funny. It has emotion. It has heart. It has family. It has friendships. It has love. It has heartbreak. All yeah. in there.
1: Yes, and it has thunder. You, and- you <laughs> missed an opportunity to to plug to plug the film. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, But the first thing I want to ask you about is the Phantom of the Opera (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt.
1: I actually didn't see that one coming. Um, That was a choice. Tell me. It was a choice. It was a choice. So it is I wish I could say that it was my stroke of of genius, but it actually is a nod to our brilliant one of the writers on the project named. Jen Robinson, when she first met with Taika on the film, she was wearing a Phantom of the Opera sweatshirt and he thought it was so charming. And so when Taika and I were having conversations around, like, what does Valkyrie look like in her sort of plain clothes. Right. What does she look like as King? We And Mayas Rubio, the costume designer, and I thought, well, what if she's borrowing from sort of like Frida Kahlo? What if she looks like Frida Kahlo in those, three uh-huh. booths, you know, as King Val? Um, and then it was like, what are her plain clothes like? And, and we were like, well, what is she into? And Taika had mentioned this sweatshirt that he saw Jen wearing. And I was like, that's brilliant. Yes, of course. She's she's come to earth and she's really into musical theater. She loves cats. She loves phantom uh, and all those things, you know, when she has time, she leaves New Asgard. She pops to New York City. She sees a couple shows. Uh, some friends she has they come down from Jersey, uh, and they see a couple shows together. And then she pops back to New Asgard. So that's one of her. That's one of her. Uh, one of her pastimes.
0: I love it. So when does Valkyrie get her own movie?
1: <laughs> I don't- I you'd have to I don't know ask, ask ask Kevin Feige or she could just go straight to Broadway which would be her dream. She could star in Chicago.
0: Yeah, Chicago. She could wow. do like
1: 6 weeks, you know, takes a a, a leaf of a, a, whatever, she, she 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 leaves the kingdom for um 6 weeks and does a stint on Broadway.
0: We're going to run this musical thing. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just run it to the ground. I think this has legs. But Valkyrie has to find her queen.
1: Yeah, you know, you can't hurry, love. I mean, we got a
0: little bit. She gave that maiden a little kiss on the hand. I was like... (gasps) Is that gonna be
1: the queen? She did give that maiden a kiss on the hand. You know, she's 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 flirty. She's out in the world. She's ready for love. She's definitely single and ready to mingle, but she also, I think, you know, when, when the time is right. And I think in terms of the representation that we talk about in the MCU, I think a part of really um, being able to normalize queer characters, LBGTQIA characters is to allow them to exist in their humanity. And that doesn't always mean that they're in love or in a partnership because plenty of us know that sometimes you're not. So um, yeah, we'll see if she finds love.
0: Now, and uh, by the way, when I run this, I'm going to warning spoilers, so on and so forth. (laughs) Does
1: Valkyrie have a crush on Jane? Um, does she have a, did you Did you see that in the film? Did you feel well, that?
0: There was that moment with Thor, when you and Thor are talking, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you have feelings. And he's like, you have feelings. And you're like, we're on the same team. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, there's a lot of...
1: <laughs> there's a, I mean, what a tangled web we weave. Uh, no, I think she just likes giving Thor a, a, right. a hard time. I mean, I think that's also the fun thing about uh just the MCU in general is there's a world in which you could see a lot of these characters, you know, in different multiverses ending up together. I always love seeing the fans and who they ship, who they sort of want together and the people that they're kind of rooting for. And mm-hmm. I-, I feel flattered anytime that Valkyrie seems to be shipped in a, in a relationship with any of the other Marvel characters, because um, they're all my friends and I have a crush on everybody in the MCU. You know, like a friend crush.
0: Yes. Um, how... You know, you have these two incredible projects. You have the MCU and you have Westworld.
1: Yeah. Two projects
0: that you can't really talk about. While <laughs> you're making them, while you're doing interviews. Yeah. It, and I get it. You know, you want audiences to be surprised. But mm-hmm. as an artist, don't you want to go out there like, oh, you're not going to believe they did this and they did that. And
1: ah? <laughs> uh, it's better just to be you know, very tight lip because I'm bad at spoilers. I don't mean Mm -hmm. to do it, but they I've spoiled a couple things here and there. So I'm comfortable now just knowing that I shouldn't talk about anything. But, you know, it's exciting to be a part of big projects that people care enough about, that people have fan theories and people are on Reddit threads and people are, you know, searching out Information and trying to put pieces together. I mean that that means that people are excited about what we're making, which is such a gift and a privilege, really.
0: Do you ever go on these threads anonymously as another person and be like, "No, <laughs> yes," or do you feed into it?
1: No way. If I've learned one thing in the you know like ten years and some change I've been working in the industry is to try to stay off the internet. <laughs> I don't need to be on any threads reading anything uh, about yourself or projects that you're in. It's best to, it, once it's out in the world, it doesn't really belong to you. So it's really none of your business what people say about it, I think.
0: We're going to take a short break right now, but when we return, Thompson talks about being openly queer in Hollywood and also about being directed by Michael B. Jordan in Creed 3. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Just for Variety. Here's more of Tessa Thompson. What does it feel like last night when you see, you know, I took a photo when I was getting my rapid test. Mm. I took a photo and posted on Twitter. I'm like, this is what the rapid, the testing area looks like for Thor. Yeah. The cosplay. And it's just people living their best life. Like how fun is that for someone to come up to you and be like, I'm Valkyrie.
1: I have to be honest, I felt really overwhelmed in the best Mm. ways last night, I I guess because it's been such a while since we've had a premiere and also in a time of COVID this it felt, you know, like a rarefied thing to come back and have a proper sort of big premiere. And I I think I might have mentioned this to you last night, but I grew up in Los Angeles, I grew up in Hollywood on those very streets. I never thought I would be an actor. There were no actors in my family. I didn't know anybody on television or on a screen, but my dad sometimes or my mom would take me as a treat to go to man's Chinese or, you know, to that theater across the street. And so then to be in a film um, to see children dressed as a character that I play in a film to remember my childhood self walking on those streets in Hollywood, going to see, a film and be transported by it. Like that, It, it I felt really overwhelmed actually seeing um, all of the kids, especially, but the adults, everyone in costume and how enthusiastic they were. It's like beyond anything I could have ever dreamed that I would get to be a part of,
0: yeah. Take it a step further, the queer kids who say to you, thank you, Tessa, for living your truth.
1: Yeah, that's been tremendous. You know, I've had so many folks write me and, and say that they, um, that they were able to come out or to talk to their family, um, which is, you know, yeah, that's a dream.
0: Was there ever a time in your career where someone said to you, "You know what, Tessa, don't be so truthful"?
1: Oh, uh, you know, no, no actually, i i i I feel really, I feel really lucky in the sense that I work in real close proximity to people that I think want to advocate for me to be myself and be the fullest expression of myself I think the industry at large sorry it's so noisy out there um I think the I think the industry at large um might might uh put a tremendous amount of pressure never mind their sexuality but just put a
0: you're talking um, about the Hollywood at large.
1: Yeah, I think Hollywood at large, I think there's a real there's a there's a real pressure I think to um, to be a certain kind of thing and I think that's in- intensified particularly where you know yeah, your yeah, your sexual orientation is concerned. Um and that's a really real problem and it's still a problem that I know friends of mine dear friends of mine have been deeply affected by Mm. um and so i think we have a tremendous amount of work to do but um i feel really lucky to exist inside of um, a space both in my professional space and my personal space and and familial space where i feel really loved and supported Mm. for who i am and i know that that is a privilege that not a lot of people share so um yeah to, to those folks that don't don't have those spaces, like i i I see them, you know,
0: and I will say this to you, and I will say it to any artist who lives their truth as a queer person, you're you're saving lives. And I don't say that in any kind of way of like trying to blow smoke up your ass. And I've said this. You could ask anyone, I've spoken to any queer artist who's living their truth, that a kid sees you it's, it's priceless. It's, it, it is literally life-saving. Yeah. I truly believe that.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think you're right. I don't know. There is something, um, yeah, powerful about seeing an image of yourself reflected in, in, in any way, but, yeah. um, but yeah, we know all too well, there are some ways that really just matter because we don't have enough of it, I guess.
0: So be- before we wrap up, I do have to ask you, Michael mm-hmm. B. Jordan, what was it like being directed by Michael?
1: it was like being directed by a a really good old dear friend, you know? Yeah. Yeah, It it was interesting. I, I didn't know how it would be because there's this sort of trust that you have when you're in a scene together that you're sort of in it together and you know, someone outside of it is the person that's going to be looking, but neither of you should hover above or below (laughs) what exists between you. Um, And he had this really uncanny ability to be so present and just being my scene partner and then pop out and look at the shot and figure it out and come back and make the adjustments that he needed to make. And also by this time, I mean, we are such like work husband and wife um, that he he trusts me so much. I trust him so much. It was like this real shorthand um, that just felt really good. And and I, also I was just so proud of of him and the way that he handled the set and just seeing him in that space. It really does feel, I mean, we've been making these films now for almost eight or nine years. He and I have grown so much as artists, as people, as professionals, as humans. Um, and so it really did feel, I'm like, whoa, like I, I felt proud of him in the way that you would, you know, someone in your family, you know? Um, and I think I think we made a,
0: we made a really good film. (laughs) What (laughs) did you think when you saw Jonathan Major's Man, he is above <laughs> those hands.
1: <laughs> he yeah, he's a he's a big human, and he got he got he got bigger for our film. Well, I'm I'm such a fan of his work. I saw him in a, a film called Last Black Man in San Francisco at Sundance many years ago, and I hadn't seen his work before. And I was like, gosh, this guy's a star. And um, I I think he's just such a tremendous actor, and he was lovely to work with. I didn't have a ton to do, but mostly I got to sit and you know watch them box which was fun and and those things are always tremendous because the guys have worked for weeks and weeks and weeks together it's like a a dance you know so getting to see him and 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 michael dance together and their friendship their kind of bromance which was very very sweet um to behold but jonathan's a fantastic addition and i think people are just going to be blown away by by him in the film
0: Tessa, I'm so glad we had some time to actually, you know, I mean, the carpet's great and we had a great yeah. time. get a little more time and obviously I have a lot more to talk to you about, but there's gonna be more projects that you have coming down the road that we're gonna talk more.
1: Well, I always look forward to, to yeah. talking yeah. to you. Congratulations,
0: the movie's great. It's gonna do huge. It's just, it's so much, it's, I came home to my husband, he wasn't there last night. I was like, so much fun, you're gonna love it. It's just, <laughs> there's everything in it and the everything,
1: so. Oh, I'm so pleased. That's how I feel about it, so I'm definitely yeah. here.
0: That was Tessa Thompson. Thor, Love and Thunder is in theaters July 8th. Thanks for listening to Just for Variety. I'll see you next time. But for now, don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. And for all your breaking Hollywood news, go to Variety.com. See you soon.